Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We have a treat this morning. I have some very, very dear friends here. Uh, Some of you have heard them speak on a Wednesday night, but uh, Jason and Louisa are dear friends of mine. I met them. Uh, They were just dating. They were just kids. They still look so young, you know. They, uh, but precious couple. They're from Medellin, Colombia. Pastor Isai and Natalia's home church. Isai and Natalia have been there, and it's really the church that we've partnered with as we go in and out of Colombia. And uh, Jason is one of the primary translators that we use. Uh, he, uh, we, we were doing a pastors' conference down there one time. And I didn't know this was his first time, but we were preaching, and, and my translator looked at me, and she said, what is this? Boom, she fell out. And uh, so Pastor Isai grabbed Jason and said, hey, can you translate? He said, I think so. And he did a phenomenal job, and he's been doing it ever since uh, for many missionaries, and, and uh, including our teams. And uh, they're just a wonderful couple. Well, they're heading to the mission field. And uh, so uh, I'm going to ask them to come on up here. And uh, Louisa, that's going to be your microphone right there. So come on up here, you guys. Let's give them a big Heartland welcome. Yeah. They, uh, this, this is a partnership made in heaven. And so they're going to share this morning. And the reason we have them here this morning is we want to help them get to Africa. The average income in Africa is about $200 a month. In, I mean, in Colombia. Uh, yeah, he's translating for me as well. Uh, he's really good. It, uh, he's, he, uh, I mean, the average income is $200 a month. So for them to get to Africa uh, with just Colombian support is going to be a real challenge. And so we want to get behind them. God has blessed us as a nation. And so we want to partner with them and get them there. They're going to share their story. And so... Love you guys. Thank you so much. Good morning. For us, it's a great blessing to be once again with you and to be in the U.S. because we are the result of the missions of the U.S. in our country. As a matter of fact, the Bible school where we studied is a Bible school built by a missionary from Iowa. So we are the result of your missions, and today you're seeing the fruit in the flesh, and we want to see the same thing at the ends of the earth. Sí. Buenos días. Morning. Me escuchan. Can you hear me? I want to say that I'm really excited. Instead of saying that I'm nervous. Gracias, gracias por recibirnos porque verdaderamente cuando venimos aquí nos sentimos en casa. Thank you for having us here because when we come here we feel like home. Eh, pues Dave, <laughs> Dave, dijo, Dave dijo ayer que era mi tío porque su papá dijo que era mi abuelo. Dave yesterday said that he was my uncle because his father said that he was my grandpa. Entonces sí, es mi casa. So yeah, it's my place, my home. Bueno, en octubre tuvimos la oportunidad de estar aquí. Last October, we had the opportunity to be here in Heartland. Y les tengo una mala noticia. And I have bad news for you. Todavía no hablo inglés. 
I still don't speak English. Pero, but, si continúo hablando el idioma de los abrazos. I still keep talking my best language, the hugging one. Este, ayer estuvimos en la iglesia del papá de Dave. Yesterday we were at Pastor Dave's father's church. Y hablé del idioma de los abrazos. And I spoke about the language of hugging. Y en una iglesia con muy poca gente recibí muchísimos abrazos. And with just a few people, I received tons of hugs. Así que espero que esta iglesia lo supere. So I hope that this church will do the same. No nos decepcionen, por favor. Don't disappoint us. Um, bueno, les quiero corta, contar muy cortamente por qué nuestro ministerio se llama Retratos del Fuego. We want to tell you all, and briefly, why our ministry is called Portraits of Fire. Una noche mientras ambos estábamos orando en casa. One night while we were praying together at home. Yo le digo a Dios, Señor, quiero, queremos ver lo que tú ves. I told the Lord, Lord, we want to see what you are seeing. Y en ese momento Jason comienza a tener una visión y a and, narrarla. And that moment I began to have a vision and I began to speak it loud so she can hear what, what I was seeing. Ambos éramos dos antorchas. The both of us, we were two big torches. Y estábamos parados en lo alto de una montaña. And we were up in a hill. A lo lejos veíamos un pequeño pueblo. In this hill, we saw far away a little town. Y las casas de ese pueblo comenzaban a encenderse una pequeña llama de manera propagada. Se propagaba and, la llama. And from this hill we saw that there were little houses and those houses were having a little fire igniting one after another, one after another in these houses. Y una voz nos decía, vayan allí porque allí ya comencé mi obra. And, the voice, and a voice told us, go to that place because I have already started there. Después fuimos trasladados a las calles de este pueblo. Then, in the same vision, we were moved to the streets of this town. Y comenzamos a ver personas de color. And we began to see people, dark-skinned people. Mm -hmm. En sus pechos comenzaban a encenderse esas llamas. And in their chests, also, tiny flames began to ignite one after another. Y la misma voz nos decía, compártele a él. A ella, porque en ellos ya inicié mi obra. And the same voice kept telling us, share with him, share with her, because with them I already started. Al mismo tiempo, veíamos personas con un agujero muy negro en su pecho y lugares muy oscuros. And at the same time, we saw people with really dark holes in their chest and really dark places around us. Y esta voz nos advertía, no vayan allí. Eviten este lugar, den la vuelta. And the same voice told us, be careful, avoid that place, avoid that person, turn around. Retratos del fuego. Portraits of fire. Porque hemos entendido que el fuego del Espíritu Santo ya ha sido encendido en los corazones de las personas al lugar donde vamos. Because we have already understood that the fire of the Holy Spirit is already igniting the hearts of the people that we are going to visit in Africa. Y nosotros como antorchas vamos a continuar lo que ya el Espíritu Santo inició. And we, as a couple of torches, are going to continue what the Holy Spirit has already began. Ahorita cantábamos, toda, toda rodilla se doblará y toda lengua te confesará. You remember that song? So we were singing that every knee 
will be, will, every knee will, will be on the floor and every mouth will confess Jesus. Jesus. Para que eso suceda necesitamos que verdaderamente Cristo sea el centro de la iglesia. And for this to happen, we need that Christ will really is real, really the center of this church. Cuando Cristo es el centro de la iglesia, es inevitable salir a alcanzar al perdido. Because when Christ is the center of the church, it's inevitable to go and reach the unreached. Es un poco difícil estar aquí parado delante de tanta gente. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to be in front of all these people. Pero lo hacemos por amor a Cristo y por amor a las personas en África porque queremos llegar allí. And we do it because we love Christ and we love the people that we want to reach in Africa. Así que muchas gracias. So thank you very much. Si sigo hablando yo me puedo tomar todo el tiempo. If I keep talking I'm going to take all the time for myself so. Y en realidad es mi esposo quien va a compartir la palabra esta mañana. And it's my husband the one who's going to share the word tonight. So. Un abrazo para todos. Dios les bendiga. Special hug for all of you. God bless you all. So portraits of fire. How is it going to happen? We want to create a photography and video school in Africa, in a place called Zanzibar. It's a tiny island from a country called Tanzania, near Kenya. You see, Tanzania is a Christianized country with over 60% of Christians, but Zanzibar, the island, has 1.7 million people, and 99.9% .9 of the island is a Muslim island. What does that mean? It means that there is no church and there is people that are hoping and needing to hear about the gospel. So we want to create a photography and video school for young people there because 50% of the population are people under 18 years old. And why and how are you going to share the gospel with pictures and videos? You see, just think about if you're a student if our, in our photography school and we say, okay, next, next Sunday for our homework, you're going to bring a picture of what represents for you love. So in our culture, we might bring a picture of our family, of our, uh, of our parents, maybe sometimes even our pets. And we, we can say, okay, this is love for me. But in a Muslim culture, in a Muslim population, country, they're going to bring really strange pictures for us because they, they don't have a loving God. They don't believe that God loves. And also, men have at least two or three or even four wives. So we don't know, we don't have a clue of what kind of pictures are they going to bring for us. So we're going to make the same homework and we're going to do our part. And we're going to come up with this picture and say, this is love. A picture of true drops of blood in a tiny piece of wood. So with this picture, we're going to say, this is love for us. They're going to say, what are you talking about? Yeah, this is love because more than 2,000 years ago, there was a guy called Jesus And this special guy, he was willing to shed his blood, give his life in my place because of my mistakes, because of my sins. And more than 2,000 years later, he called us to come to your country so we can teach you photography, video, and we can, t and we can talk to you about him. Can we tell you about Jesus? And this is just the way to start. But just imagine... People learning photography and video to bring a better income for their families to, to at least eat, eat three times a day. 
but at the same time knowing Jesus. At the same time, make, uh, giving them homework so they can bring values of their culture to our classes, but at the same time imparting Bible stories and showing them through the Bible with images what God can do in their lives. This is what we want to do in Africa, portraits of fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, portraits made by them, made by us, but also what, they, what God wants to do in their lives. So I have some awesome news, and it's that last year when we came in October, we had already visited more than 80 churches in Colombia, 15 states, and we were only in our 20% of our budget. It has been a couple of months later, and we have visited more than 120 churches, 19 states in Colombia, five states in the U.S. And our current status is this. 100% in our cash budget and 80% in our monthly support. That's amazing. What does that mean for us? It means that we are only in our monthly support $400 away from our goal. And by faith... We're planning, praying, and expecting to leave, to leave this July. We're hoping to leave uh, this July to Africa to see the fire personally igniting in the heart of the African people. We want you to be part of this. First, with your prayers, because your prayers will take us to the ends of the earth. But second, if you want to support us, we have a QR code. And if you have a, your bank linked with uh, Zelle, you can scan this code and you can support us with whatever the Lord puts in your heart. This ministry is something that came from God's mind, from God's heart. And we hope that you can have us in your prayers and your heart as well. And also at the end of the service, we have our kind of big prayer cards with a lot of information of us. And we had the QR code also printed in those cards so you can support us as well and you can keep praying for us. So thank you so much for being part of this. So today, I want to start with, with a story. I want to start with a story that it's really, I don't know, I, I think it's really something that God did really important. This story is about a child who was born in 1988. This child was born and raised in a really humble family. And when he was three years old, he was moved to a foreign country with his parents illegally. And in this country, he made friends. He began to study. He began to learn another language that wasn't his own. So after being there for four years, when he was seven, the police came to his house and they knocked down the door. And they came to his house and they tore everything apart. You know why? Because his dad was a drug dealer and they came for him. And his dad could escape from that time. So immediately after that, they had to fly back to their home country because the police was always around their family. And in this place, he had his sister when he was seven years old. So one day... This boy was going with his dad, his mom, and his sister on a road trip just to have fun with the family. And so they went to a gas station. And when there were, uh, the, car was, the car was having its gas just pumped up, 
And a couple of guys came on a motorcycle. And his dad was inside the car just sitting and waiting. And these guys pulled out a gun. And they began to shoot. They shot three times his dad in the head. He immediately died in front of him. His mom was injured as well with his baby sister, only three months old, in her arms. So his mom immediately opened the door and she hid under a bus with this boy's sister. And then the boy tried, tried to get out of the car and these guys point the gun to his forehead and they try to shoot three times. One, two, three. The gun didn't work. That boy was me. That boy's name is Jason. I was only eight years old that day. It was on May 18th, and it was eight days after my birthday. And because of that, I struggled with a really tough life since I was a child. When I was 11 years old, I began drinking. When I was 12 years old, I began to have sex. When I was 15 years old, I have liver problems because of drinking. My hands and my feet were peeling. But I went, when I was 16, Jesus met me. And he transformed my life in a supernatural way. But what does all this have to do with missions and with Africa? That's another part. You see, seven, almost seven years ago, Saturday night, I had a dream. And in this dream, I w we were overflying an island. And when we landed in this plane... We went to a big auditorium, more or less like this space, and I saw a lot of uh, dark-skinned ladies with clothes like this. This is not my pajamas. This is called furruquia. And in that place, those ladies had really long dresses, and they had their entire bodies covered up. I could only see their faces, and some of them only their eyes. They were hiding from something. I didn't know what. So then, when I went outside, I was walking on the sand, in the dirt, there was no road, no pavement. And I began to see dark-skinned boys, only five, six years old. And, they were, and there was something interesting about them because they had their mouths covered with colored paper, papers, like sticky notes. Yellow, green, and red. And I began to rescue these boys and take them back to their moms. And by the end of the dream, I saw a ruined building. And in this building... When I came up to the second floor, I saw a soldier turning his back on me with a huge weapon in his hands. And this soldier had held hostage like 10 or 12 boys. And that part of the dream, I took a knife, I killed the soldier, and I woke up. I told my wife the dream. And she said, it's clear that God is calling us to missions. But the part where you killed the soldier, I think that's too much Netflix. Too much movies. <laughs> I said, okay, I give you credit for that because sometimes I have really strange dreams. But yeah, things went on. Two years after, we had the opportunity to go to West Africa, to Mali, to make an exploratory trip. And one of the craziest things that we saw from God was that two blocks away from the place that we were staying, we saw the building where I killed the soldier. It was right around the corner from our house. So I said to the missionaries there, what is this building? What's going on here? He said, listen. And when I began to listen, I heard children singing. 
I said, what are they singing? He said, this is an Islamic school, and they're learning the Quran through songs. That day, we understood that we didn't have to travel to the other side of the world to kill a soldier. That we had to travel to see the spiritual warfare that's taking place in Africa. And that only with these two knees, that spiritual warfare, we're going to win it. So those, those, those children will get to meet Jesus someday. That's how the Lord confirmed us to be in Africa. But what happened next? In that same trip, one day I was with an American friend, a friend from Argentina. And we were visiting a house of an African guy who was really a really devout Muslim. This guy... He was an awesome guy. We loved him so much. And he was already opening his heart to the gospel. So we went there. He had just a, bit, a little bit of English. He spoke French. I don't speak French. He spoke Bambara. I don't speak Bambara. So we tried, as, we tried to communicate as well as we could with the Bible in English, in Bambara, in French, and Spanish. So it was an interesting afternoon. We were talking with him about Jesus for more than four hours. And in the middle of the conversation, we heard something really loud around the city. And it's something that in a Muslim context, in a Muslim country, you can hear it five times a day. And I want you all to hear this. That's a calling to prayer in a Muslim culture, in a Muslim country. And the prayer says this. Allah is great. I testify that there is no other God than Allah. And I testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Come to prayer. Come to salvation. Allah is the greatest. There is no other God than Allah. He asked us to give him in a minute while we were talking about Jesus. He took out his praying rug. He bended his knees. He began to pray and worship a God that doesn't exist, a God that doesn't live, a God that didn't die for his sins. He stood up, and the conversation, we, we, we were still talking about Jesus. And you know something interesting about this is that this is a 30-year-old Muslim. When a Muslim turns 30, approximately they have heard this prayer for about 200,000 times in their lifetime. Imagine hearing a lie 200,000 times in your life. They're going to believe it. It's going to be true for you. Now imagine how many times this man has heard about there is only one God called Jesus. How many times has he heard that? So do you think it humanly, is it possible for a man like him to get to know the real God? Humanly, no. 
But the, with the Holy Spirit, it's way more than possible. And that's what we want to see in Africa. To see how the impossible turns possible with God's help. After his prayer, he began to read the Bible with us. And we began to read this passage to him. Matthew 9, verse 17. And the passage says, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Luke adds a little bit more by the end of chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 39. Luke says, And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. What is this wineskin parable talking about when Jesus was explaining this to his disciples? You see, in the Jewish culture, the wineskin, like Jesus was making the example with the parable, he was talking about the religion of that time. It was strict. It was tight. It had tons of rules. But Jesus represented the new wine. So he was saying that for him... To be to dwell in their hearts, they had he had to change the whole wineskin of the person because an old wineskin, when it was already used, it was stiff, it was hard, and if you poured new wine into it and the wine began to ferment, it was going to break the wineskin and the wine was going to be wasted as well. So what Jesus was teaching the disciples was that if we're not a new creation, if we are not new wineskins. He, it, it, it's not going to work. Jesus is not going to be able to dwell in our hearts. But it was, what is the wineskin for, for Africa, for a Muslim Africa? The wineskin is Islam. The wineskin is a religion that makes, that it's a yoke for them to be apart from Jesus and to never accept him. But I got news, good news for you. God replaced this guy's wineskin for a new one that day. The name of this Muslim, African Muslim, is Mokhtar. And Mokhtar could receive the new wine without throwing it to waste. After we finish our conversation about that portion of the Bible, with his, with his eyes wide open, He said, now I understand that God loves me, that he sent his son to die for my sins, and that only Jesus can give me eternal life if I believe in him. He also said, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that Jesus is God. And I will share this truth to my friends and to my family because they have never heard about this. And this is good news for them. A 30-year-old Muslim, after hearing more than 200,000 times that there is no other God than Allah, he has said, Jesus is God. He loves me and he died for me. You know, statistically, for a Muslim to accept Jesus, it takes for about five years. I don't know if, I, if it was his first, second, or third, or fourth, or fifth year, or if it was the first time that he heard about this, but... Mokhtar understood. Mokhtar believed. 
And Mokdar testified to his friends and family that there is only one God and it's not a lot. It's Jesus. You see, sometimes we are concerned about the things that we think we can do as human beings. And when we, help, we have the help of the Holy Spirit, the impossible becomes possible. Now, what happens with us, with the old wineskins? I have a question for the church today. Are we living as old wineskins in church today? Do we have old ways of doing things that we, we think that they are still better? Is our relationship with God in a never-ending, plain, unflavored routine? Are we living as if God doesn't have a new season for our lives? And you know why I ask these questions? Because when, when I was already saved by the age of 16, then I was serving at my church. When I was 18 years old, serving as a leader, serving in worship, I found out that I was still living with an old wineskin in my life. I was living with an old wineskin called depression that we saw earlier, resentment, hate. I was living with an old wineskin that didn't allow me to receive the wholeness of what God wanted for my life, what God intended for my life. Because the day that my father was killed in front of me, I began to have resentment with my mom because she could run with my sister in her arms and she left me in the car. And if God wasn't there, I would have died that day. But one day at church, when I was 18 years old, God gave me a new wineskin. And I hope that if some of you have an old wineskin, today's the day to have a new one again. I was never proud of telling that story about my father's life to others. It wasn't something that made me happy. It wasn't something that I was comfortable talking about by that time of my life. So one day, there was a special service for leadership in our church, and there were people praying for us. And no one knew about this. And a guy just stood in front of him, and he began to pray for me. And the Holy Spirit revealed to him everything that happened that day in my life. And he began praying, Jason, that day your mom could run with your, with your sister in her hands. Because that was the way I was protecting them. Then he continued and he said, but you couldn't run. And the three times that they tried to shoot you, the gun didn't work. Because you are my beloved son. You are in my hands and no one touches you. He's a father to the fatherless. And he knew since the foundations of the earth that that day was going to come to my life. And he knew that I was going to need a new father, a perfect father, a heavenly father. And I want that father to be the father of Muslims in Africa. Because of that, that day, God brought closure to that part of my life. But especially, he gave me a new wineskin because from that day till today, I received the wholeness of Jesus Christ, the wholeness of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's why I can't close my mouth about Jesus. 
And that's why God called us to, to go to Africa because there are tons of people that are fatherless in Africa. Having a human father, but far away from the real one who will never disappoint them. That's how God restored me. And it's interesting because God restored my life with one purpose, to put it at risk again. The purpose of to put it at risk only for others to get to know the real God. And he also restored Mokhtar's old wineskin to a new one in order for him to risk his life as well. Because right now he's telling his friends, telling his family that Jesus is real, that Jesus is God, and that Allah is not their God. So he is risking his life as well. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Like Mokhtar, there are millions of Muslims in Africa and all around the world that needs new wineskins so they can have the opportunity to receive the new wine of Jesus. And as Christians today, we need new wineskins because if not, We're going to live in a depressing life, coming to church, and without knowing what God has in store for us. If you need a new wineskin, if you want a new wineskin, I want you to pray with me. Because God is so good, God is so awesome, God is so amazing. That he didn't die only for Muslims. He didn't die only for Colombians. He didn't die only for Americans. He, di he died for his, for his sons and his daughters. And he rose from the death because of us. So at this moment, I want us to pray together. And that we may pray that God can give us a new wineskin. So we can receive the new season that he has for our life. And that we will be empowered to go to the ends of the earth where maybe many people don't want to go. Heavenly Father, in this morning, we want to thank you for giving us the privilege, the opportunity to be in this blessed country with all the things that you have given us physically, emotionally, economically. Lord, Today we acknowledge and we recognize that we have wineskins. That we have wineskins that are old. That we have wineskins that are not working. That we have wineskins that could burst in any minute if you come to our lives and to, into our hearts. Lord, we need you in a supernatural way. We need you in a way, Lord, that we will understand that you are with us, that you are renewing our mindset. Lord, maybe we have enjoyed things of the past in your presence. Maybe we have enjoyed things that you have given us many years ago. And today, we remind things with joy. But you're a never-ending God with never-ending love. That means that today you still have new things stored in store with, uh, for us. That means that today 
you are still preparing new seasons for your children, that means that today we are still going to have the opportunity to enjoy new, better, and improved experiences with you and the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you because you have called us to serve. Because you have called us to risk our lives just for others to live. And thank you because this day, Lord, is the day when we can receive a new wineskin. So we can receive the new wine that you have for us in store. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. And like we say in Africa, Mungu Akuariki, God bless you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's wonderful. Why don't you stay up here with me? Luisa, why don't you come on up here? You know, last night we, uh, we were in the, at the Atumwa, Heartland Atumwa and uh, Jason and Luisa were sharing and he shared that same thought about how God spared his life now only to endanger it by going to a country that is hostile to Christianity. And I couldn't help but think of the, the you know, when, when Noah loaded his ship with all the animals, the, all these animals were spared, but when the ship was parked on Ararat, one of the first things he did was he took a lamb and sacrificed it. So one of those animals was saved to be sacrificed. And that's really what Jason and Louisa are saying, that they've been saved to be sacrificed. The fact is, that's true of all of us. God spared our life so we can give our life. And I want to help them get to the mission field. Uh, I've ministered for many years, many settings. I've watched them serve for hours and hours and hours and just give, give, give. This is a quality couple. They have very good jobs. They're a very, very educated young couple. And they could have just, you know, sailed through the rest of their life, serving in a great church and, and uh, doing ministry there. But they've answered the call. God showed them things in dreams and visions that when they got on the ground, they saw the same places because God was giving them a little kiss that I'm in this thing. But you, we need to understand that God is in this thing. And when I see that, I want in. I want to stake my claim in a ministry like that. And so, like they said, they, they already have their, their cash offering. What they need is monthly support. Right now, they're about $400 a month shy. So there's several different ways you could give. You could just snap their QR code and give it to them. They have a board. Uh, the people that I know that are working with them, they have accountability. Uh, so you can give through the QR code or you can give through Heartland. And we, if anything you give, we will put in a fund. And what, what we can do, I've already committed to them. We're going to give $100 a month. But I want to be able to give more. And so that's where you come in. <laughs> if you want to give, we can put that money in an account and stretch that out over those three years so that they, we can help them reach that goal. They're already looking at trying to get gone in July. And I want to help them do that. Uh, you think about it. I, I, was, I was telling the crowd last night, there's a drink I like at Starbucks. It is a non-fat raspberry white mocha vente hold the whip. Okay. Well, it's not raspberry white mocha. I don't do the raspberry anymore. It's non-fat white mocha hold the whip. 
Vente. That thing is six stinking bucks. It is outrageous, but I still get it sometimes. If 50 of us would skip one of those a month, we could make a huge difference in this nation. I want us to get a vision for this, that when we see God doing something, that we say, I want in. And a little from each makes a lot, and we can make an impact. And so I want you to pray. I want to ask the Lord right now, and I want you to ask the Lord, what what would he have you do? Uh, Again, if you want to just give it directly to them, that's fine. If you want to give it through Heartland, we will give every cent that comes in to them, and we're going to give more. We We want to support them. So let's just ask the Lord right now. Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you would speak to us. And Lord, we ask that you would give us your heart. I'm reminded of the phrase, with the Holy Ghost comes a holy go. That when the Spirit pours out, missions increases and people go. It is part of having a relationship with him. He drives us to the ends of the earth. As you just keep your eyes, your uh, head bowed, I want to read you a verse. This is Romans 10, verse 14. How then will they, now we're speaking right now of the Muslims in that island country. How will they call on him, Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. So we can, where we come in is the sending. There are some who are called to go, others who are called to send. So I'm asking you, this, I know this couple, I've known them for over a decade. We've done ministry in the trenches together. They, uh, they're part of Isai and Natalia's ministry, a partner church we have in Columbia. And so if the Lord would lead you, if we would all do something, we can get them there now. Amen? I just so appreciate them. Uh, they're a wonderful couple. And uh, so make sure, as we leave here this morning, you don't disappoint Lucia. Luisa. Uh, she wants a hug. And so, so uh, let's go ahead and stand. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, for your Lord, for your presence here this morning, for your word. Lord, all the things that we've experienced together this morning, we're grateful. Now, Lord, as we go, I ask that you would help us to take the stories, the word, what you've done in us. And Lord, as we step over the threshold of this door, that we would realize we too have become missionaries. And let us spread your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.